right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Standouts presented by the Unwrapped Sports Network. Uh, as you can see, we've got a nice, pretty new face in here. Um, Sam is busy, you know, with his finals and everything. So joining me today is the co-founder of Unwrapped Sports, uh, Perry Aston. You can go ahead and say what's up to the people, Perry. What is going on Saturday Standouts? I am so pumped to be here. So thank you again for having me, Caleb. Thank you, Sam, for being busy so I can be on this week. <laughs> Let's get it. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, there's a lot going on. You know, college football is starting to come to a close. We're going to start getting prepared for the uh, NFL draft and everything. <laughs> Drake Bell beat Davidson live for Unwrapped. I, I love it. I love the resemblance. The- I'm humbled. You know. I'm humbled. I'm humbled. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, but before we get going any further, let's go ahead and, you know, pay the bills, as, you know, everybody likes to say around here. And, We'll start off with rxhemp.com. You guys can follow down there below on the ticker and see them throughout the show. But rxhemp.com, um, all natural pain relief cream, that CBD um, oil there as well. If you head over to rxhemp.com, use code rxhemp-usn, you get 10% off every single one of your purchases. Great stuff for if you know, you, you, you're you achy all the time or you, know, you used to play a sport, you got something that aggravates you. Um, also, if you're a gambling person, I know Perry and myself both like to gamble or right. at least dabble a little bit in it. Yeah, over I like my- to lose money. <laughs> right, right. And pretty much just, you know, like an ATM for whatever bookie I have. So, um, uh, yeah, head over to mybookie.ag and use code USN100 for two times. So double your first deposit. I think it's a minimum of $45 that you got to put down. So if you put in 50 bucks, you get a free $50 from um, from mybookie.ag to, to play there on whatever you want to play it on. It's awesome stuff there. And then we also just dropped our new shop. Um, you guys can see the link down there at the bottom, teespring.com backslash store backslash unwrap. Amazing, you know, merchandise we got out there. Perry's showing off his bag that he just got in the mail. It's pretty awesome stuff. My stuff's on the way. Looking forward to getting it. I've already got a shirt, so looking forward to it. Yeah, Dalvin Cook, minus 640, anytime touchdown. It's a lock every single week. Um, <laughs> besides the point, uh, Dalvin's not in, you know, college anymore, but um, we'll go ahead and, you know, talk a little bit about uh, college and we'll look back at last week and that was week 14 of you know the college football season like i said we're starting to wind down here and perry you want to go ahead and tell us uh who your standout team from last week was sure i mean obviously it was a crazy week it was weird as every week has been with covid and games being canceled and things being moved around so definitely an exciting week but a weird one for sure the standout team's got to be coastal carolina Seeing what they did to BYU, BYU saying any team, any place, very cocky, <clears throat> and the whole Mormons versus mullets thing that they both seemed to embrace. So it didn't seem to like offend anybody, which was which was cool. You got to see like a fun theme for the game, as you I guess can call it. But it, and maybe it's a new little rivalry, something along the coastal Carolina has never really made waves in college football at all. I mean, it's the smaller school and Definitely good for them. BYU having the year of their life. Obviously, this is the best year in BYU history. Zach Wilson is the real deal when you look at college quarterbacks. I'm not going to say everything's going to transfer to the NFL. We could take that a step further, but he is a great college quarterback. You could see how he's a good leader for this team. But Coastal Carolina definitely played a fantastic game. It's a fanny pack, not a bag. They're all in the bag family, Garrett. <laughs> Sorry I have more style than you, my friend. Get a fanny pack, guys. It's the new wave. Throw it over the shoulder. Throw it on the back. Like, yeah, you're rocking it. You, you got to get with it, Garrett. 
Yeah, it, it's fashion, Garrett. You know, come on. <laughs> we'll style him up. It's Garrett from <laughs> Iowa. Like, it's not his fault. Like, his city is, <laughs> he told me, super small. So, no one's wearing a fanny pack in his city. I'll tell you that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I I was originally going to pick this game too, Perry. Uh, it was an awesome game. Everybody was looking forward to it. it. Turned out to be, I mean, look at the end of the game and, you know, the fights and everything that was breaking up. And, yeah. And, the ending, ending of that game was wild. I hope to see these two play each other, you know, right. get later down the line in future years and everything. But yeah, props to Coastal Carolina. A lot of people, you know, counted them out against BYU and that, you know, lethal offense that they have with Zach Wilson. So right. really awesome game. And, you know, it goes to show that they're not, you know, just here for now. They're, you know, trying to build for the future as well. Absolutely. And, you know, and this, this, has to go, this has to go a long way for recruiting things like this. When you have games, do you remember Florida Gulf coast when they had that March madness run? No one right. was signing up to go to Florida Gulf coast unless it was the place that you got a scholarship from for academic or school, or you just are Florida native. So you don't want to go to the bigger schools. You want to get a cheaper education, like whatever. But when is going to Florida Gulf coast to go focus on sports. And when they had that run, you, you know, recruitment got much easier for that staff. Like they were able to walk into rooms the next year and have something to hang their hat on. And I think that Coastal Carolina, it's that version for college football right now. And BYU, even though they lost this game, they should be feeling great. Obviously, their recruiting path is complicated because of what comes with being a student at BYU. And no, you don't necessarily have to go on the mission and stuff like that to go play there. But that's obviously a highly recommended thing when you do go play right. there. And you, you have to be able to buy into certain things going to BYU. But at the end of the day, if you're a guy who's focusing on football, only football, only going to the league, maybe you know yourself, you know you're a party animal. Maybe you know that you just can't contain yourself and you, you like to live a, a, a lavish life. Putting yourself at a place that you know that won't be there in front of you, but you know you're still getting a quality education. The sports team is not national championship bound, but they're going to compete every year. You're guaranteed a bowl because after a year like this for BYU, you're not going back down the chute unless you just mess up recruiting like crazy. But you, they didn't get here by sleeping. They've been working. BYU has been building this program. They're not bums by any means. But for a person that maybe just wants to focus on sports, it's almost like last chance you putting yourself in the middle of nowhere nothing to do except for just get your shit straight and focus on sports to get to the level you want to be at. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's cool. That's where I look at with BYU. I think they really helped themselves. And I think Coastal Carolina really just put themselves on the map, even though they've been having a great year already. This was like a main primetime game for them that really stood out to a lot of people that maybe didn't buy into Coastal Carolina yet. Yeah, I love it, especially, you know, all these lower level schools, you know, starting to get a little bit of recognition in terms of right. national national media and everything like that. It's great to see. Um, but I'll, I'll talk about my my standout team this past weekend, and that's um, the Iowa State Cyclones. And, you know, everybody's just kind of, you know, rid, ridden them off and ridden, you know, um, Purdy off at the beginning of the year because he wasn't playing all that well. And then right. as soon as they start – stop talking about it and you know they're not out in the limelight anymore they come out and do what everybody expected them to do from the get-go and that's put on a show and put up major points um for an offense that you know has tons of weapons out there too and they absolutely put it on west virginia they didn't just only do it on the offensive side of the ball they limited west virginia to only three points and i mean in the big 12 that's a hard thing to right. do so 
Absolutely. got a real solid defense there in uh, in Ames, Iowa. So uh, Purdy is coming out, moving himself back up draft boards after you know he started to slide right. down based off of his performances early on in the season. But it, it's a different season, so I mean, it probably took these guys a little bit of time to get their you know feet underneath them. Well, you remember they played. I think it was Baylor that game, and Purdy threw like three picks. That was only a couple weeks ago, right? Like probably right. like four, four weeks ago, maybe. So mm-hmm. it's not too far far removed from his worst collegiate day. So it's good to see the confidence there for him. You're 100% right. And Brees Hall, who's only a sophomore, is going to be probably the best running back in the country next year, if not one of them. So, I mean, they have a lot to feel good about. Obviously, Purdy, like you said, NFL bound. I see him kind of like the Jake Fromm kind of quarterback where you're not going to, you know, Easton, these kind of guys where they're not going in the first, they're not going in the second, maybe unless you reach, but you know, a comfortable third or a fourth round pick and you go and try and make a chance for yourself. Dak Prescott was a fourth round pick. I like to always say Tom Brady, I believe was a sixth round pick. So you got to make a name for yourself. You just got to get to the league. And so many, I mean, Tony Roma, one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time was undrafted. So as long as you go to get yourself an opportunity, it doesn't matter where you're drafted, but looks like Purdy's got the competitive edge. It's just, does he have the intangibles and the athleticism to carry that over to the NFL? And I mean, it seems like he's a smart guy. It seems like he can really run the offense, keep his composure, but it's tough sometimes to tell if some of these guys are transferable because it's so easy to be a, not easy, but obviously when you got that build to be a good college quarterback seems like, like it's so common, you know, Alabama, they never have good quarterbacks. It's all and for NFL, but when it comes to college, they're amazing college quarterbacks like AJ McCarron and, you know, all these different guys that have came from Alabama. It's, it's tough, you know, to see if you're going to transfer to the NFL, but I think Purdy definitely is going to have his opportunity to do so. And he's, like you said, is helping himself big time. When after, when I was watching that Baylor game, I thought he was screwed. I thought he was done. Like he <laughs> maybe maybe goes to the NFL. I wasn't even sure if he'd be able to keep rolling. Then they came back and won that game. He's got a very, very deep competitive drive in him. And Iowa State, you know, number nine, eight and two, like they deserve their respect. Yeah, and they're really coming on strong toward right when it matters, especially when it comes down towards, you know, the Big 12, you know, winning the Big 12 there. And they're probably the most likely team to come out of there and probably a long shot to make any type of, you know, playoff appearance at that point. But I mean, a New Year's, New Year's Six Bowl, definitely right there in their grasp as long as they keep playing the way they are. Um, this yeah. is awesome, in my opinion, just to see them, you know, put together a full game on both sides of the ball that we haven't yeah. seen from them this year. So um, right. that's that's great to see from an Iowa State team that everybody was starting to question. And they just really busted the doors open and, you know, more props to them and, and moving forward and everything like that. But we'll move on here and we'll go over to our week 14 standout players and Perry, I'll let you start with your offensive player from week 14. Sure. It's Devonta Smith, who is absolutely absurd. Like this guy may be the best wide receiver product I've seen come out of college in a long time. And that's crazy to say after a draft class last year that consisted of the deepest wide receiver class you've ever seen already look at the production it's already at least if you look at just cd and jefferson alone just them two and the numbers that they're putting up this year absurd Mm -hmm. it's so it's so deep but i really think that he's got a chance to be better than all of them yeah he's i think he's definitely better than judy i think he's definitely better than rugs 
Um, and that's not a knock on them, more of a compliment to Smith. I mean, eight receptions, 231 yards and three touchdowns. Like I'll read that again, just in case you guys thought I was joking. <laughs> eight receptions, 231 yards. That's 28.9 yards, a reception, three touchdowns. The guy is eating them for breakfast. It's a joke. You see a grown man out there playing with kids. It's how I see it. And <clears throat> like, if you go through his life, this is no fluke. Like this is his last four weeks on Halloween against Mississippi state, 11 receptions, 203 yards and four fucking touchdowns against <laughs> Kentucky, Kentucky. The next week, nine receptions, 144 yards, two touchdowns. Two weeks ago against 22-ranked Auburn, seven receptions, 171 yards, two touchdowns. And then, like I said, this week with the eight for 231 and three touchdowns. That it. The guy has seven, nine, 11 touchdowns in the last four games. 11 touchdowns. Like, And Mac Jones, who is a very good quarterback, is not Joe Burrow. Like, this guy is not anything like we <laughs> saw. Like, he, he – Devonta Smith is – is everything to Mac Jones. Mac Jones, it's the reason why he'll be going to the NFL. Is the reason why he's in the Heisman race. It's solely because of this one individual guy right here. And he wasn't even supposed to be their wide receiver one. Like right. he was supposed to be their wide receiver two. So this is absurd. Way to make the most of your opportunity. You're playing for Alabama, so you already know you're a freak of nature just to be there on that roster and to not just – be the two, be the one, and then go and put up numbers like this. He's so ready for the NFL this week. It's absurd. Like you can strap him up in any NFL jersey, and a homeboy is going to at least catch four passes this week. I can promise you that. Yeah, I love everything you're saying. And uh, one thing that, like, I, I you know caught on to when you were reading through his stats and game in, game out, is the consistently consistency level that he is playing at. It, it's just absolutely astronomical. And He's right. doing this all with his number one or Alabama's number one guy, Jalen Waddle, being injured for Absolutely. the majority of the season. And all the focus torn, turns towards him now. And right. he's doing this even as a number one guy. So he's, fa he's, he's facing number one corners. Like he's, he's facing double teams. He's facing triple teams. Like there isn't that much on the Alabama offense to take away their eyes from him, except for Najee Harris, who you is amazing. And we'll get to him later, but he is absorbing every single bit of attention and just playing with people. Yeah. And, you know, he's probably was already automatically a first round draft pick. I probably, me and Sam both had him down probably towards the, you know, late of the, the late end of the first round there. But I mean, he's really starting to make a name for himself in terms of, Hey, we got to start paying attention to this guy right. in, in already deep wide receiver, you know, draft class here. So Absolutely. Uh, good for Absolutely. Devontae Smith and keep, keep grinding, man. He's just going to, He's just going to keep doing it. And uh, I guess that'll lead me into my offensive player from last week. And that is Amon Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver out of USC. Um, as you, uh, a lot of you should know is that they played on Sunday um, because of, um, you know, all the stuff that's going on with COVID and all that situation, games being postponed, being delayed and all of that. Amon Raw, man, I was already high on him in terms of, you know, him even sneaking into the first round in in the in this upcoming draft and th this just kind of proved it i mean it, it is washington state so i mean it's not necessarily something to get overly excited about but i mean the guy had four touchdowns in the first quarter he, he didn't put up you know like stupid numbers or anything i think he maybe had like 60 or six. let me see here um he had yeah seven catches for 65 yards 
So over half of his catches went for touchdowns, which is pretty crazy. And they all came in the first. I think he set a record for um, touchdowns in, in the first quarter or something, which is a Pac-12 record, right. um, which is amazing for him. He's, uh, you know, Michael Pittman was there last year, and he took some of, you know, the pressure off of him as being the number two wide receiver since Michael Pittman was there. But he came into this season being relied upon to be the number one guy, and he's he's proving it, and he's making Slovis look like a great quarterback. Yeah, and Slovis isn't anything special, so. Right. And that's what I'd say. It's like Slovis isn't necessarily a special quarterback, and you are going to be making him look good. You're making him look right. astronomically great. Absolutely. You're making him look like probably one of the best quarterbacks in, in college right now. And I was right. high on Slovis entering the season, but it wasn't because of Slovis. It's just because of the weapons he has around him. And sure. uh, Almond Ross St. Brown is probably one of the best out there. I mean, I'm trying to look at his stats for, for the whole season. Um, he's got one moment. No, yeah, he's got Drake London there too, who's from mine and Christian's school, and we actually were friends with his sister Michaela. So uh, good for him as well, who's balling out. But you know, it's good to see they still have a good wide receiver tandem after Pittman left. You know, to have that pressure being taken off St. Brown as well definitely has helped him really, really flourish this year. He, he's been really insane. I can see him mm. being a Sunday wide receiver, no doubt. Uh, absolutely, and the crazy thing about it is, is he's he's on a like a real bad drought here without catching a touchdown. So I think he was he would gone like three or four games without having a touchdown grab at all, and then all of a sudden he makes up for it and, and goes for four in one game. And, and I mean, what do you say about that? He just came uh, in. I like, mean, hey. apparently, apparently he participated in no not November, and then December <laughs> comes around and he just fucking exploded. Yeah, he he was he was just insanely good. Uh, just watch. I didn't get to watch the game, but then going over his highlights and everything, I'm like, good lord, dude. He, right. He's not. He's doing it up against press coverage. Guys are on him. You know, just grabbing onto him, doing everything they can to stop him, right. and they just were unable to. And that's why Absolutely. he is my my standout player for Week 14. And on the offensive side of the ball, um, yeah. but on the defensive side of the ball, I'll I'll just jump into mine real quick. And um, I don't necessarily have a highlight film for him it's hard to find highlight films on on these defensive players and it is you know they don't get love they don't get love <laughs> they don't get the love uh you know they're just the grinders out there that they do the dirty work you know get the ball back you know stop other teams from scoring but um amen hopefully i don't butcher this last name Ogbong bamiga <laughs> um from oklahoma state yes oklahoma yeah. state did lose that game um to tcu this past weekend but man did this kid have a day uh, he had three fumble recoveries. I believe one was a scoop and score, um, which was insane to watch when you actually were watching highlights on ESPN or anything like that. And he, what else did he have? Uh, let me see real quick. He had those three three fumble recoveries, one for a scoop and score. He had 12 total tackles. Nine of those were solo tackles, so all alone by himself, and then a tackle for loss. So this guy just absolutely got after it against TCU. Ultimately, right. You know, one defensive player isn't going to change the game for, you know, to, to win the game ultimately. But he did the best that he could to keep his team in it. And, you know, props to him in, in terms of, you know, being a reliable option on that defensive side of the ball where you can count on this guy. He's going to make plays and you don't have to worry about him and everybody else is going to have to pick up the slack around him. But right. um, what a hell of a game for, for Amon there. And I don't know if you, you know anything about him, if you were to speak on <laughs> I, I can be real and say that I, I don't know a ton about him, but just playing for Oklahoma State and, and playing in that system, obviously they're a very competitive team. I, I'm a big Oklahoma State person. I'm surprised they lost to TCU. Shout out David Lindsay and 
Matthew Mino and the network. I know that they go attend Oklahoma State. Uh, definitely an exciting offense usually is usually what their staple is to me, and it didn't seem like their offense really came to play. Like you mentioned, mm -hmm. one guy on defense isn't going to change it. They didn't give up 40 points to TCU. They they gave up a manageable amount to win that game, but the offense just didn't come to play. Yeah, and that's really what you know Oklahoma State has relied upon in, in the past few years or so is that offense and the firepower that Gundy gets that machine running on. And it, like you said, they just didn't seem to show up. Um, but we'll, we'll jump out of the Pac-12 here and go over to your defensive player uh, for this yeah. past week. So we'll go back to the Coastal Carolina-BYU game because there's a lot to pull out of that game. And, I mean, Derek Bush, he's a junior cornerback on Coastal Carolina, hasn't had the most noteworthy career. I mean, before this day, he had, one, he had two total interceptions in his career, one being last year as a sophomore, one being this year. He's never had a sack before. He comes to play probably the – Biggest game of his college career so far at Coastal Carolina against BYU. Really good competition. And he comes out five tackles, a sack, and he pick, he gets an interception with a return for 42 yards. You come to play when it counts. You know, when you have a big-time game like that, this is a guy that came and stepped up. You know, for a cornerback to have a sack and a pick for a 42-yard return, that could be the difference in a game like what they just played. Like, that was a tight game. And a player like that, I know you mentioned that one player on defense doesn't win the game necessarily, but one player on defense, probably the one at Oklahoma State, definitely at least kept that closer, most definitely. Right. And this one potentially might have won the game for them. Obviously, getting that stop at the one-yard line at the end was massive for that defense as a whole. But it takes sparks like this. It takes plays like what Derek Bush put together. And to put yourself on the map to potentially go to the NFL, you know, for you to – potentially have that chance you need to be able to perform when it counts have the tape like this and on a big time stage against BYU to have a sack and a interception for 42 yards as well as five tackles you can't have a much better game for a corner and it wasn't even the even it isn't even the stats that you know stuck out to me when it came to Bush in that game against BYU is more of the mentality that he had and you know you, I mean you saw it with the whole you know Zach Wilson fiasco, which caused the the whole the whole mid you know midfield brawl or whatever that happened, um, that stopped the game for a little bit of time. But right. I mean, just just the tenacity that he was going after each and every play with, and then you know getting inside the head heads of a quarterback and an offense uh, goes a long way when it comes to these big time games. And he did exactly that, and you know props right. to him for for bringing that mentality to that defense, and because that was a I don't know if they would even be able to be in that game because of how lethal BYU's offense is if they sure. didn't have that leader or that mentality, you know, started from one player and just resonated throughout the whole rest of the team. Seriously, I think so, they lose I think they lose if he plays like he usually does. So Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, but we'll move on here from this past week and we'll we'll take a look to something that's, you know, near and dear to a lot of people's hearts, and that's gonna be the Heisman race. Um, I know uh, Perry and I both have a couple guys that are similar, um, but Perry, I'll let you go ahead and name your top three, and then we'll get into the winner a little bit later. So my top three being Kyle Trask out of Florida, quarterback, uh, Mac Jones, quarterback out of Alabama, and then Devonta Smith, who we already mentioned, wide receiver out of Alabama. I know it's not super common to see wide receivers there in the top three, but for me, this year has been – like you've mentioned this word before, astronomical. This this guy has been 
absurd. So to go up with these kind of quarterbacks, he absolutely deserves to be there, especially with Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Fields missing a lot of time with uh, injury or COVID or uh, games being canceled or whatever that may be. It's not necessarily all of their fault, but I just think that these three players have made the most of this season for what it's been worth. Yeah, I love that you threw in a, a wide receiver, a player even outside of a quarterback. You know, it's been known recently that the Heisman is a quarterback award now. It's just or you know, or, a run, or a running back. Right, but it's been a it's been a while since you know a running back has won the won the Heisman. So I mean, it, it's good to see that you're putting Devontae Smith in there. So the two that I have with you are uh, obviously Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. Those are probably your two front runners there for the Heisman. And then I give the pity, you know, invite to Trevor Lawrence just because it is Trevor Lawrence, even though he's missed time. Um, I just don't see anybody else out there. I mean, I guess you can maybe say Ian Book because he's had a decent season or maybe a Devontae Smith or somebody like that. But I, I think T-Law kind of gets the pity invite because of just his college career as a whole. Um, Justin Fields hasn't, you know, played a whole lot. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence has played more than him. So, it's just, you know, a pity invite there, but we'll focus on our two main guys here. And I think it's going to be a closer battle than a lot of people think between Mac Jones and uh, Kyle Trask for this Heisman. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's more surprising for me to see Kyle Trask and it's more impressive for me to see what he's done with Florida. I, it's not like Florida's a bad school by any means, but they have not been in the championship run since Tim Tebow left. They haven't been able to really get that together and I really feel like Kyle Trask was exactly what they needed and didn't even expect. It wasn't like Kyle Trask when he got there was the Messiah. He won that job and, and he yeah. definitely has impressed. He's brought this team to great heights. Obviously I don't think they're a national championship team myself personally, but they have a chance. They absolutely do. I mean, eight and one, the six seed right now, he is the only reason why that's the case. I mean, look at this last game alone against Tennessee, who's nothing insanely good, but I mean, he was just playing with them 35 for 49, 433 yards, four touchdowns. Like if, if that doesn't scream Heisman to you, then I don't know what does. And to see how he plays the game, the composure that he has, it's really impressive. I think for Kyle Trask, I watch him and every time I do, it impresses me a little bit more with Mac Jones. I, I watch him and I'm very impressed and it's insane, but I almost expect it more in the Alabama system playing under Saban with the weapons that he has, even without Waddle, that's more impressive for Mac Jones. Cause if Waddle was in there too, it's like, bro, put me in. I fucking do that. <laughs> right. But, but I mean, it's not like they got bums right now. Like Devonta Smith is an absolute man. And Najee Harris back there is you're able to lean on the running game. So I think that, Kyle Trask has much less to work with, with the exception of Kyle Pitts, who's the best tight end to ever come out of college. Um, and we'll way too soon to say that, but we all know it. So <laughs> just, just admit it. Like we all know it. Um, so it's Kyle Trask for me. And, and I, and it also just cause I, it's not like I hate Alabama or anything like that, but they win everything, you know, always Alabama's right there. So it, it's nice to see, 
other teams win. Like it's been nice to see Oklahoma have those series of Heisman. It's been nice to see a good change. And we mentioned wide receiver really quick. I know we're not going to spend too much, but I looked it up. The last whiteout to win the Heisman was Desmond Howard in 1991. So it's like impossible. That, that was going to be my guess. I was going to guess it doesn't. It's it's impossible. So I, I obviously you can't take it too serious because when you look when because it sucks because you look at a wide receiver that's balling out that should be winning the Heisman and it's almost impossible to not have his quarterback right there too. I mean, obviously the person mm-hmm. throwing it unless he's throwing all types of interceptions on every other pass that he's made except to you. Like other than that, it's just kind of a given that Mac Jones is going to be here in the Heisman race. And it might only be because Devonta Smith. We don't know that, but it's always, it's always the case. It's interesting to see Heisman players that make other players or other players that make Heisman players. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And you expect uh, if an Alabama quarterback does the Alabama quarterback's job, then he's most likely going to get an invite to, you know, the Heisman ceremony. Well, it's just politics. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Just how, how um, it is. But both of these guys are having extremely great years. Both of them are in the top five in QBR, top five in touchdown passes, and top five in yards. Um, Mac Jones is fourth with yards, and he's nipping on the heels of uh, Kyle Trask, who's second in yards. But what really sticks out to me here and the difference between these two is, you know, the playmakers, like you're saying, you, at Alabama, you have all these guys. Florida's kind of had, you know, figure it out on the run when in Alabama, it's just kind of plug and play. You know, right. like you can put anybody right. in there for them and they're, they're supposed to be that good. And yes, you know, Florida does have Kyle Pitts, who, like you were saying, probably the best tight end we're, we're going to see in college football for quite some time or we have in quite some time. So, uh, it, he does have him, but on the outside, he's got, you know, two weapons and Tony and Grimes too, but they're not necessarily, you know, the Jalen Waddles or the Devontae Smiths of the world. Right. So, I mean, they're still making plays and they might not be playing the same competition. The SEC might be having a little bit of a down year, but what stands out to me the most here is the touchdown passes. I mean, Mac Jones has 27, which ties him for third. And then you go over to Kyle Trask and you look at He's got 11 more touchdown passes than Mac Jones. He's got 38. It's insane. And and that's at Florida instead of Alabama. Like that, that carries even more weight for me. Uh, It's, it's not really a competition for me. I think it's Kyle Trask's award to lose. And I think that Mac Jones was blessed with the opportunity that he's had at Alabama. He's made the most of it. He deserves his respect because all you can do is play the game that you're given. And he has been winning games. He's been putting up stats. I'm a statistical guy. You know that. So I'm going to give it to Mac Jones. Like he he's doing what he can and production speaks for itself. Numbers speak for itself. Wins speak for itself. And he deserves that respect. But with Kyle Trask, it's just such like a mind-blowing thing to me to see how well he's done. And like you mentioned, this you were talking stats. They're not similar, you know. And then you look at Kyle Trask play, and if you want to do the whole eye test thing, yeah, he's got to win the eye test too. You look at Kyle Trask making plays, like where, where you're sitting here, that play's dead. That play is not possible, and he makes it. Yeah, you just see that swagger and, and that confidence. He just puts his – you know, puts his foot on your throat and just keeps pushing. And I love seeing that from a guy when I'm thinking, do I want him to be an NFL quarterback for my kind of team? Like that's a guy that you want to run your team. That's a guy that you want with that competitive edge. And you just need to make sure that the intangibles and the IQ that it takes to actually be an NFL quarterback on a week by week basis is there, but the athleticism, the competitive drive, 
the leadership, the skill, it's all there. He's, he's extremely special. Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty much a win right now. I think he has it pretty much locked up uh, at yeah. this point in the season. It's, it's getting late. There's not much, you know, anybody else can really do. I don't think Max Jones can even reach him at this point with very little to go off of for the rest of the season. Unless right. something like awful happens to Kyle at, at the right. end of the season, which God forbid that happens. But I mean, you, you mentioned it as well. And it's just the fact that he, it's the swagger he brings to the field. It's the confidence he don't, he not only carries himself with, but that it, it, it just breaches out to the, the rest of his offense. And you can see it that they're very confident with him in the huddle and him underneath center, him back there in shotgun. And right. like you said, in, in terms of, you know, the eye test and you see, you watch Mac Jones on film and then you look at Kyle Trask on field or on, excuse me. And there's a, there's a, a vast difference in my opinion, in terms of how both of these guys play and the style of play that they do. And, you know, like the Heisman voters, they all, they like the flash. They like the flash. Absolutely. You, know, so. you can, you can blow the playbook open with Trask. You have to tend, you know, tend your playbook a little bit more towards Mac Jones and the weapons that you have. But with Kyle Trask, it's almost like 99% of the playbook is a go. You know, you, he can make it happen, and that's that's what I look for. That's exciting. Yeah, it seems like Mullen's kind of given him reins, too, to be able to make checks at the line or, or see what's going on and be able to do that. So that just goes and tells you his football IQ as well. So, I mean, it, it looks really great right now in college. Hopefully, I, I, I'm a Trask fan, even though I'm a Florida State you know, fan ultimately, but I like Kyle Trask. It, it sucks that he plays for Florida, but, I mean, uh, I think he's going to be good, and I think he'll be a steal for, you know, somebody who, who can grab him and maybe I think he would do better off maybe sitting a year, kind of like a Patrick Mahomes type deal. And do you think he's a first rounder? I think he can sneak in there. I think he's probably third or fourth best quarterback that can go. Um, I mean, you got to throw Trey Lance probably in there at three or four too. And sure. Jack Wilson was, a, was originally, you know, making his name known to be in that conversation as well. But after yeah. this last loss, I think last, that was very yeah. – Four, yeah, it was Trask four, Wilson probably five right now, or or yeah, Mac, I agree. Or, Matt, or Mac Jones. Like right now, who do you who, right. are you who are you taking, Mac Jones or Zach Wilson right now? If you're an NFL, I mean, in my opinion, if I'm an NFL team, I just think there's so much promise in terms of what Zach Wilson can do if he sure. learns more. You know, Mac Jones already has all the information that he can get. I don't see him being able to make yeah know, that's more fair. strides on top of what he's already done. And I mean, not saying that Mac Jones is not going to be a good quarterback in the NFL, because I think if you put Mac Jones in the right system and the right, you know, offensive mind for him, then right. he can excel. I mean, I mean, look at what Tom right. Brady has done throughout his career because he was in the right system with the right head coach and the right offensive coordinators being brought in and all that. So I think that's more of a Mac Jones deal, but I think ultimately NFL teams are kind of looking for that growth or being Potential. able to develop. Yeah. Right. And so that's kind of why I, I would take, you know, Wilson over Matt Jones in that scenario. Sure. No, I, I agree with that. So, yeah, we, we both got Kyle Trask winning. And uh, we'll move on to looking at our draft prospects for this week. And, you know, these risers, who are these guys that we're paying attention to who are starting to rise up draft boards? Doesn't matter if they're, you know, originally thought to not get drafted and are just moving into late rounds or, you know, maybe started off as a mid-round draft pick and are now moving their way up into, you know, 
day one and day two draft picks. So, Perry, I'll let you uh, take the, the reins on this one. Sure. I got offense to start. Najee. Najee Harris is just a man among boys, just like his teammate, Devonta Smith. I know I'm staying on Alabama and Coastal Carolina for a lot of my highlights today, but <laughs> both of those two teams have players that are worth highlighting right now. Both of them truly do. I think Najee Harris, senior out of California, so rep it, of course, just an absolute tank. Obviously, he has already a thousand yards on the season, a couple games left to go. He's got 20 touchdowns on the ground. Like it is so crazy to see what he's been able to do. You look at last week against LSU. Obviously, they're not the LSU of last year, but still 21 carries, 145 yards, almost seven yards a carry, three touchdowns. That's just playing with people. And the game before against Auburn, 96 in a touchdown. Game before that, 83 yards, two touchdowns. 119 yards before that, 96 yards, three touchdowns before that. Obviously, it's a hard guy to stop. He's not the fastest guy around, but he's very powerful. He's very elusive. I do like what I see when he runs. Obviously, you can see it to the right of me or the left of me right now, whatever side it's on. But uh, you can see the kind of power, <laughs> the kind of power he has. He has really good vision. And I think that you can see he's an NFL running back already because you can see that he, one, has the size to do so. He's definitely fast enough to do so. You look at the Derrick Henrys out of Alabama. You look at the Mark Ingrams out of Alabama. They aren't fast players by any means. They are fast right. enough, elusive enough, powerful for sure, but just enough. And, and you can see what Nick Saban's been able to do bringing in these prototypical running backs where it just seems like every year there's a clone of the one that left the year prior or, or two years prior or something along those lines. So I'm a big fan of him. Got to do a show, which you should look at Davion Nixon from Iowa. Absolutely. No, I love that. Good. And Iowa definitely deserves their respect this year too, even though you're not going to like my second upset winner, which is Wisconsin, but that, that's not my official, that's not my, that's not my official pick. So we'll, we'll leak that now, but yeah, Najee Harris is just a guy that you want on your NFL team. I'm very impressed with him and, you know, I'll do my defense as well. I mean, Sean Wade out of Ohio state, I'm repping the hat for my little cousin Lucas. He's over at Ohio state. So I got to rep it for the family. Um, I'm an Arizona state man. If you guys know me personally, so I'm not the happiest when it comes to football right now, but got a <laughs> lot of, got a lot of good pieces there, but yeah, Sean Wade, I didn't see the year I was expecting from Sean Wade in the beginning of the year. And it's cool because I think now you're finally starting to see him hit his strides and is at the perfect time. If you're at least talking about his draft stock, you know, obviously hasn't had the best year in regards to, uh, interceptions finally getting this one today. It's only a second of the season, but I just really liked the way that he played last week. Like I just really liked how all over the ball he was. I mean, he's just a consistent guy. Um, obviously you want to see more from him, but the last two weeks are the two weeks that he's had interceptions in. So the last two weeks, two interceptions after a really poor start to the year, he had a touchdown on that game against Indiana with that interception. So at least the last two weeks, which I believe, especially that Indiana game was a really, really, really big game last week, not as much, but you have to realize how much Ohio state's been battling the COVID bug, how much they've had to endure this year. And to see Wade step up the way that he has the last two weeks, it's given me that faith that an NFL team is definitely going to take a chance on this guy. 
um, and he's going to be successful back there. It's good to see big time players coming up in big time games. And uh, I definitely think Sean Wade was killing every bit of draft stock that he had at the beginning of the year. Um, and then obviously they haven't played as many games as you would like for him to get it together. Um, but these last two games uh, have been really good for him. Yeah, I originally at the beginning of the football season had, you know, Sean Wade being the first corner taken off the board in the draft. And then, you know, the beginning of this season, he just did not live up to the expectation right. that was placed upon him. And, you know, I myself and Sam both had dropped him down, you know, maybe late first round or even possibly even sliding out into, into, yeah. into the early second round. And yep. But like you were saying, these past two games, he's kind of, you know, resurrected himself a little bit. He's probably heard a little bit of the chatter, I would assume, and you know, try to up his game up his game a little bit more. And, and, and you realize you don't have as many games. You realize you can't go out there and put that film together for NFL teams the way that other guys are right now. And it's not like the worst disadvantage because other guys are opting out and other teams are getting canceled too. So it's not like just their team. But still, especially from a defensive standpoint, where like you said do cornerbacks get all the love and do they get all the highlight reels and all of that stuff? Usually not that much. So you need to make the most of every snap that you have. And Ohio state's not going to have as many snaps as other teams this year. So a guy like him, that's going to really hurt his draft stock when um, the last two games really brought that back up for him. So it's good to see. Yeah, it, it's great. And I was about to say that, you know, after having him slip there and then after these last two games, I think he's probably moved himself back into that middle range area in terms of the first round. Um, and you were talking about how I was saying earlier that a lot of these defensive guys don't have, you know, the highlight tapes or the highlight reels or anything like that. Sean Wade is one of those guys who does. Um, and that's just because of his playmaking ability. You've seen it all last year, which are all the highlights you're seeing now. Um, not as much this year, but I mean, again, shortened season, so not going to have as much to put out there. But um, based off of his previous year's, you know, production, I don't see it being an issue for him, you know, still being taken in the first round. Yeah, I agree. I think the last two games solidified that for him for sure. Yeah, and I guess that'll lead, that just leaves me um, in my offensive and defensive players um, that I'm looking forward to. And one that a lot of people might know about is a wide receiver out of North Texas, um, Jalen Darden. Um, he has been putting on a show. He is really small. I think he's like 5'7", maybe like 185. 180 or something like that so he's a real small dude um but he's you know I, we talked about uh, on past shows about Kadarius tony for florida and how he's like a human joystick and he's probably one of the most elusive players in college football i suggest you watch jalen darden's tape he is an absolute freak of nature with the ball in his hands he does amazing things that you don't really see and the speed, look at that. He's just gone. Absurd. Uh, and, and yeah. Albeit, it, it's, not, it's not against necessarily the greatest competition there being in North Texas, but on the year so far, and this is on a shortened season, so think about this. 66 catches, 1,017 receiving yards, 15 yeah. touchdowns, and averaging 15.4 yards a catch. It's, it's crazy. pretty pretty crazy. Right. It's right. pretty crazy. And then, I mean, you look at game in, game out, and, I mean, you started off against Charlotte, had – 13 catches for 244 yards against Middle Tennessee State. 10 catches, 204 yards, one touchdown. Oh, and that Charlotte game, he had three touchdowns. Against Rice, four right. catches, 50 yards, a touchdown. So a bad, not necessarily a big game against Rice, but, you know, still respectable with the touchdown. Then they play uh, UTSA, has eight catches, 143 yards, and a touchdown. And then plays Louisiana Tech, has eight catches, 135 yards, and three touchdowns. So 
this dude is absolutely lighting defenses up. And uh, you know what? I don't believe North Texas necessarily has, you know, a, a great quarterback that's probably throwing to him. But, I mean, just the things and the speed and, and the shiftiness that he has and the elusiveness to get free from defenders is absolutely amazing. Yeah, he's probably making a case for that quarterback to get an undrafted spot on a camp this year like those statistics are going to show for him too and those that's funny like we mentioned other players making Heisman players you know obviously this isn't a Heisman guy but this is a wide receiver that's making that quarterback I'm sure have a much higher chance of succeeding in this level but also the next level and with this wide receiver I think that's just probably a classic case of under recruitment or something happened in high school or something to where some of the other programs were turned off maybe he's a um, you know, a community college transfer, but one of those guys that somehow just slipped through the cracks, an immense talent that isn't shown on the big screen, isn't against the top talents right now. But you, like we mentioned before, a man among boys, and you have to play the competition that you have. Like it, you can't say that he's playing lesser competition. That's the competition he's playing. So you can only do the most of right. what what's in front of you. So I, I, you can use that argument for sure because it's more of a you know wild card if that having professional cornerbacks on him is going to take away that part of his game. But like you said, the, those numbers are absurd. Like he's got to be on yeah. NFL teams' radars. Obviously, nothing crazy for picks, but I mean he's got to be up there for a mid, for, or, you know, I don't know, mid second, third, fourth round pick kind of thing. Like if if a team's looking for a speedster. You know, that's a guy like at least the tape that you're showing right now and the stats that you read, like he's making a case for himself. Yeah, it's crazy because what I when I was researching him and everything, and there's a lot of things out there just, you know, him going undrafted. And if he goes undrafted, could you imagine the type of steal that would be for a team? He's right. not obviously not not going to be your number one, two or three wide receiver right off sure. the bat or anything like that. But he's definitely making his name known now. And people are starting to see what he can do. And the small stature might, you know, teams might shy away from that. But at the end of the day, if you get drafted or even if he does go undrafted, whatever team uses him, he's going to be a hell of a of a special teams player, sure, in my opinion. Absolutely. I think he, he's like the, like a perfect example of what you want in a special teams player because he likes to play football. He doesn't care where – it's obvious. He just wants to play the game. And you put him anywhere on the field, he's going to try and make a play for you. So – I mean, he, he'll probably slot in as probably a number five guy somewhere, whether he gets drafted or not. And, I mean, I like that for him. And, you know, putting up these type of numbers in college is pretty crazy. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah, and then going into my defensive player here, um, we are going to be heading over to Miami and the U, and that's going to be their defensive end. Not Jalen Phillips, the one that has been, you know, playing, you know, out of his mind this season with um, Gregory Russo, you know, opting out of the season and everything from the from the get-go. Um, but here we have Quincy Roche, who is their transfer from Temple, I believe. And he had an absolute game um, this past weekend. And he's had a pretty decent year, even though, you know, Jalen Phillips has kind of, you know, run over or, you know, been more of the guy in the, in the headlines in terms of that Miami defense. But, I mean, if you look at his stats this year, he's got, you know, 26 solo tackles, which isn't anything to, you know, right home about but he's got four sacks two forced fumbles um zero interceptions but his last game is really what stood out to me he had one and a half sacks four solo tackles so probably his best game on the season and you were we were expecting that out of him from you know the beginning of the season and moving onwards and it just hasn't been there and so hopefully for his sake that this this game is kind of eye-opening for scouts out there to see like 
he still does have it. He just might need a little bit more grooming in terms of making it to the next level. And you know what? I don't have a problem, you know, him going in the late or middle second round or, or maybe even early third round. But I think he's going to be, you know, probably a developmental project when it comes to the NFL in, in terms of putting his hands in the right place, you know, putting himself in the right position and, you know, getting to know more of the defensive schematics when it comes to a defensive scheme. So it's going to be tough for him in the NFL, I think, just because it's, you know, a learning process no matter what position you play. But especially right. in the defensive line and defensive schemes and where you're supposed to go, what hole you're supposed to hit and everything like that. But uh, Quincy Roche is a, is a freak of nature, honestly. He's got long, talented arms. He knows how to use them decently well right now at this level. And he gets after the quarterback. And that's what he was brought there to do was, you know, rush the quarterback. And that's going to be a nice edge piece for somebody if they can snag him in, in the NFL draft. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And that will do it for all of our standouts and our draft prospects to watch. And this is one of my favorite aspects is to see everybody's upset picks of the week. And, you know, if you guys got any upset picks, throw them in the chat and we'll, we'll share them with everybody out there as well. But Perry, I'll let you start with your upset pick. I know you were bouncing between two. Yeah. So, I mean, the, my non-official one that would piss Garrett off, one of our guys, it's, you know, Wisconsin, Wisconsin edging out Iowa this week. It's not against Iowa, but just the fact that Wisconsin, I think, is such a raw team and has had such bad luck this year. But quarterback is absurd, like a super talent at quarterback for Wisconsin. Um, but the one I'm going to focus on, North Carolina against Miami. I know you just were mentioning someone that was on the U. I see them dropping this game. I mean, they've played a lot of close games this year, Miami. They've edged out a lot of really exciting games, put up a lot of points. That's what Miami's known for here. But, I mean, they've really given up a lot of points besides last week to Duke, which they shut them out. Duke's nothing special. You know, anytime they've played good talented teams like they've put up points against them it's been a close game and I think that North Carolina who has been the same they put up crazy points every game that they play is super close so I think North Carolina takes this one I'm a big Sam Howell fan I really think that he's the most underappreciated quarterback in college football right now and I mean we didn't even mention him for you know the draft process that guy is going to be in the NFL like he's Right there, unfortunately, he's going to be drafted like a Jake Fromm or something like that. Like I think, he goes I think he goes next year. I think he still has one more year. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, regardless, wherever he goes, like right, I, don't, right. I don't see him getting the national recognition that some other guys do. But I definitely think that whoever is lucky enough to get him, you know, on an NFL roster eventually is going to have a really, really good player. Like this guy is just a superstar. When I watch him. It's just super exciting. And North Carolina is not a football school. They do not have the weapons that even Kyle Trask at Florida has. Like, he doesn't have a Kyle Pitts. Like, he isn't Mac Jones blessed with everything there. Like, Sam Howell is really grinding these games out himself. Um, and I really, really am impressed with, with North Carolina. I mean, they average over 40 points a game. They got a lethal offense. It's just the question every week is, like, can they hold the other team they're playing to less points? But that's college football a lot of the time. You know, it's the lethal offenses over powerful defenses. That's usually a trend. But mm. I'm I'm going with North Carolina on this one. I think Miami's gotten a little too lucky on too many games. And I think this is one that they slip. I 100% agree with you. I, I'm really looking forward to watching this game. It's going to be, I mean, look at this quarterback matchup, guys. Derek King mm -hmm. versus Sam Howell. That is going to yeah. be fun, fun, fun to watch. A lot of points on the board. 
Um, bet the over. How, well, whatever it is, just bet the over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I think it's at it's at sixty-seven and a half. Oh so. God! Oh God! <laughs> Vegas is probably right on the money there. But, oh um, God! I'm still yeah. going over. Yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch. I'm um, looking forward to it. But yeah, Sam Howell is legit. Um, he does have Chad Surratt, who is an absolute animal of a wide receiver too. Like I was saying before, this wide receiver class is just extremely deep. Um, it's it's incredible to see these past two years, you know, the wide receivers that have come out of college and into the NFL. Um, but I like that upset pick. I, I would have originally picked that too. I think North Carolina um, has, you know, not necessarily done what they needed to do this year to be the team that everybody was expecting to them right. to be at the beginning of the season. Their defense has kind of let them down, so you can't really put that on their offense. But um, Miami, like you were saying, has had all these close calls throughout the year against teams that probably shouldn't even be hanging in there with Miami. So uh, this is probably the the time for them to get upset. I think, you know, Mac Brown's going to have the boys up and ready to go there in uh, Coral Gables. So uh, that's a good pick. But yeah. for me, I'm going to have to roll with um, Troy over Coastal Carolina. Oh, um, I was yeah. looking at, I looked at that game. Yeah. So I know, I know Troy is not necessarily, you know, a world beater of a team. They're a decent team, though. I mean, they're five and five. They, they play in a pretty good conference. And, you know, what I'm seeing in this and the main reason I picked this is, you know, all the emotion. and, and yeah, they're uh, probably, they're, They've just put so much into that BYU game. Right, right. It's just it's just going to be an emotional letdown here, in my opinion. I mean, they, they most likely should win this game. It might be closer than people think. But if I had to choose one, I think this is a huge spot for Troy to, you know, make a name for themselves in, in terms yeah. of beating a, a ranked team who is undefeated right now and they just beat BYU. So your resume looks even better too there for Troy. I don't know a whole lot of players for either of those teams. I know Gunnar uh, Watson for Troy is a pretty decent quarterback, but he's not a world beater. And I'm pretty sure I mean, I'm pretty sure the defensive line coach at Troy is the defensive line coach that was on last chance you okay. uh, the first couple of seasons, the really fun loving guy. Um, yeah. He played D line at Troy. I'm pretty sure he's the D line coach there right now. So that's fun. Oh, yeah. Fun that's fact. awesome. I'm sure they'll be, they'll be fired up. I mean, if, if I'm heading into a game and I'm Troy and I'm heading into this game versus coastal Carolina, who just beat BYU and they're now undefeated ranked number 13 in, in the nation. I, I would just, you know, come with, you know, a fire on my ass. Like I'm ready to right. beat this team and I'm prove right. everybody that, Hey, they're not as good as, you know, everybody is saying that they are. And it was, you know, a fluke, if you will, or anything like that. So, yeah. Um, that, will, that will help the recruiting so much, too, with Troy. Like, after Coastal Carolina getting this, just like we mentioned for them, with helping their recruiting with beating a team like BYU, if Troy does that on that kind of stage, big time. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, I, I still think Coastal probably wins. I, I know that's going against the rules of, you know, picking an upset or, or – <laughs> Or whatever, but uh, I mean, the spread's at 13 and a half. Maybe wait till it goes up a point, you know, buy that plus 14 for Coastal, head over to my bookie, you know, maybe buy it an extra half a point if it doesn't rise. Use that code USN100, get double your first deposit, guys. Great Absolutely. stuff. Um, but yeah, with that being said, you know, that's going to do it for another episode of Saturday Standouts. Uh, I just want to thank Perry for you know, coming on here with me and joining me in, in Sam's absence. And I wish Sam nothing but the best in, in taking his college exams and his finals right now. So oh, um, yeah. anything you anything you want to say to the people before we go ahead and log off? 
Uh, good luck, Sam. You know, college is important. Thank you for having me on, Caleb. Obviously, I had a ton of fun. I love the Saturday Standout Show. I'm glad I'm just able to be here and be a part of it. And one of my favorites on the Unwrapped Sports Network, as well as Caleb being one of my favorites on there, too. So it's just been an absolute pleasure. Like he said, check out our shop. Like, absolutely, please. Got this fanny. I got my mask in the other room. I got hoodies on the way. I got all types of stuff going on. I got a computer on the back or a sticker on the back of the computer. So I want all of you guys to please go check that out for us. Got some awesome designs, some more coming, doing some work on there tonight as well. You'll definitely see some Saturday standouts gear at some point too. So if you enjoyed today's show, you want to support Caleb, you want to support Sam, definitely grab some of that gear once we finally get those designs finalized. But if you can see it all in the bottom ticker right down there, go to teespring.com slash stores slash unwrapped. It's a great shop that we've put together there. A little something for everybody mainly just support us. And we even made a promo code for you right now. It's promo code support. Just put in support when you're checking out 15% from our heart to yours. We appreciate it a ton. Uh, and we hope you appreciate that little discount and go and take your money and put it in our pockets and get a little bit of unwrapped sports gear and look fashionable with us. Stay safe with us. Stay stylish with us. You know, check out the Teespring shop. It's real important. And check me out at Perry Aston. It's my first and last name. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, everything is just my first and last name. So check me out. Yep, right there, right below his face, guys. Um, yeah, and that's that's gonna do it. Thank you guys for joining.